Welcome to White Shores, the podcast for spiritual beings having a human experience. Let me invite you to walk once more beside me on White Shores to talk about the real meaning of life and the true power of what is unseen. Let's discuss dreams, intuition, manifesting, as above, so below, angels, afterlife, the science of consciousness, and other infinite possibilities within and all around you. I hope every episode informs, inspires, and illuminates. So, now the scene is set, allow the grey rain curtain of this world to roll back and all to turn to silver glass. Let's walk barefoot together on the gentle, glistening sands of white shores to see what mystery lies beyond the material. Welcome to White Shores and Beyond, a far green country under a swift sunrise. If you listened to my previous episodes of White Shores released in the final days of 2023, you will know that I urged you all to pay special attention to the first few dreams you recall in the new year. I referenced the beautiful Hatsuyu Yumi tradition from Japan. Hatsuyu Yumi is the Japanese term for the first dreams you recall in the new year, and it is traditionally believed in Japan that these first dreams can foretell your luck in the ensuing year. I believe dreams are potentially precognitive, but please don't panic. They only showcase potential futures, futures you always have the power to change by adjusting your mindset and the future it is currently attracting. Your power and the future you are creating is always in your present choices. Most precognitions or future feelings occur in the dream state, but they can, of course, happen when you are awake too. And whether they happen with your eyes wide open or wide shut, it is a goosebump moment. And I hope the more you learn to notice and trust your hunches and dreams, those goosebump moments will happen more and more often because research shows that precognition may well be the norm and not the exception. Sixth sense is in our DNA. We just need to notice and awaken it and lose our fear of it and also recognize that it will often happen in unusual or surprising ways, as I discovered firsthand recently. Let me explain. I've been aware of Hatsuyu Yumi, the Japanese term for New Year dream recall and the future they may portend, for several years now. But for some reason, this year, as the New Year approached, I felt called with a calm certainty to mention it on White Shores and on my socials and in my newsletter, It just felt important to me to mention it. And I also had a series of dreams focused on the new year. So mention Hatsuyu Yumi I did ahead of the new year. It felt like a blissful way to help people wake up to their dream potential early in the new year. But then, as new year dawned, we all heard the devastating news from Japan of the earthquake 
and then that was followed by a plane crash news. Japan was suddenly dominating the news all over the world, and for good reason. I have absolutely no idea why my inner psychic tuned so strongly into Japan, but perhaps it was future sensing the sorrow of what was yet to come. This kind of precognitive hit can feel pointless when it happens to you, as there was nothing I could do to prevent or warn or help it. I simply thought sharing the story about Hatsu Yumi would be a great way to ignite dream recall. I had no idea what lay ahead for Japan. But if something potentially precognitive like this happens to you, and you recognize in hindsight that it may have been precognitive, because you have picked up on themes that play out either in your own life or the lives of others or on the world stage, take it as reassuring proof that an intuitive part of you exists and it can transcend time to see the bigger picture. It is also a reminder that you are a spiritual being having a human experience and in spirit, We are all interconnected by unseen forces of intuition, compassion, and unconditional love. And this spirit of interconnection, compassion, and love pervades the two Japan-themed back-to-back interviews I'm going to showcase in this episode of White Shores. I recorded both these interviews last year, but for reasons I can't explain, I sat on them after recording them. I didn't release them. I did not feel called to release them. The time just didn't feel right. I thought I'd wait until my intuition told me the time was right. I often do that these days, as White Shaw's listeners have increased. I record an interview and then just wait until my gut tells me or a dream signals to me that the time is right for that particular interview to go out into the world. And there could be no better time than right now to release these two interviews. They are with two extraordinary women that I discovered through my connection with Japan. And I hope both their interviews will encourage you to continue to send your loving thoughts and prayers to Japan and all areas of the world that are suffering. There is healing power in your collective prayer. I firmly believe that. Some context. A couple of years ago, I was contacted by Dynavision, a Japanese spiritually based business. They admired my rune pack, which is available in Japan, translated into Japanese. Dynavision was founded in 1995 in order to serve humanity to awaken to its highest potential. The company offers self-help training programs in Japan and brings spiritual authors from all over the world to present. I'm honoured to say that in the last few years, I have happily worked with Dynavision, recording lessons and talks. I don't speak Japanese, and as you know, I tend to go on a tangent, so the patience of the Japanese translator assigned to me knew no bounds. It was an awesome experience working with Dynavision and the kindness, humility and desire to connect and learn I experienced during my time working with them will stay forever in my heart. 
The inspirational founder of Dynavision is a Japanese spiritual influencer called Kaiko. My interview with Kaiko will be the second interview in this episode. Before that, I'm excited to introduce you to a fellow Dynavision tutor who has worked with Dynavision for many years and who is a close associate of Kaiko. Her name is Holly Hawkins. Holly is a teacher, guide, energy healer and conscious channel with a lifelong passion for transformation, healing and assisting others on their soul's journey. Through her deep and committed work in the Akashic Records, she has brought through the Nouveau process for accessing the Akashic Records. She teaches and offers sessions to clients and businesses worldwide. And of course, she is an integral member of the Dynavision team in Japan. You will hear us discuss our experience working with Dynavision towards the end of her interview. You may or may not be familiar with the term Akashic Records, or the invisible book of your soul, as I like to think of it. It is a sublime concept, and I hope this upcoming interview with Holly offers some illumination and inspires you to find out more. I also hope you will linger on after Holly's interview to listen to the beautiful voice and graceful energy from Japan that is the one and only Kaiko. But first, let's dive deep into the wisdom of the Akashic Records with the wisest and most trusted of guides, Reverend Holly Hawkins. Hello, Holly. Hello, Teresa. It's so lovely to be here with you and your audience. Thank you, Holly Hawkins. I love that. Is that your real name, Holly Hawkins, the double H? Is it or is it, it a pen well, name? It is. It is. No, my I was born Holly and I had a different last name, but through life circumstances, um, Hawkins was my mother's birth maiden name, and I legally adopted it for personal reasons. And so my name is Holly Hawkins legally, but it is a family connection. And it also goes back to the UK, which is where that side of my family is from. Really? Your mother was British? Yes. Wonderful. Her, her well, you father are her father was Jack Hawkins, a British actor. No, how wonderful. Oh, I had no idea. My goodness. So you are half British. Well, yes. And actually, all of my father, my father's parents are British as well. So I'm pretty much British, but born in the United States. <laughs> so you've got dual citizenship. That's wonderful. <laughs> Do you come over to the UK much? I have not been in many years and I'm craving it. Um, I, I will say, which is kind of a funny thing to say, but I think everyone will understand this here is, I mean, Avalon is definitely calling me home again. Oh, I love so. that. Thank you. Thank you, Holly. Well, <laughs> I hope appearing on White Shores will be the start of that. Um, it'd be lovely. You will let us know if you do come and talk or speak in the UK. That would be wonderful. But of course, White Shores, it's not just, it's mainly British, but it also goes to America and all over the world. I yeah. see the downloads. It's very exciting. Yes. But let's now, for people who are new to Holly Hawkins, I've given a very brief introduction. Would you mind explaining yourself, who you are and what you do. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I'm happy to. It's always such a dynamic question. And, and in my world, it's a multidimensional question. And as you said in the beginning, you know, the foundation of all the work I do is one form of channeling or another. I channel uh, beings from ascended realms, uh, from the multidimensional field and bringing down um, information that's supporting us in our awakening and our ascension. And I also am very passionate and active in working in the field of the Akashic Records, which is also a form of channeling, just very specific of channeling our soul's energy and wisdom, um, because I feel like it's just a really important sacred tool for those of us who really want to understand ourselves at that deeper level. A lot of us are craving, like, I just want to know my path, my truth, not somebody else's. And I believe that the Akashic Records is the ideal pathway for that. The other part of who I am that I'm extremely passionate about, which is more of a global statement, is that, you know, for we've had this rise in consciousness, and I feel like there's a real shift in the orientation of healing where uh, historically, and many of us understand this, we've been on this journey of peeling back all the <laughs> layers of the onion to heal trauma, heal uh, troubled experiences. In my work, I also work a lot with um, past lives and ancestral patterns that are holding us back. And so there's been this huge focus over many years in our healing process to heal what is wrong with us so we can discover the light. But there's a new wave in healing that really has come about in terms of my awareness through my channeled sources of right here, right now, as perfectly imperfect as we are in this moment, we actually have the ability to move forward in a positive way. So we can, the our desires are the seeds of our potential. And if we start listening to our desires and really taking them to heart, literally and figuratively, and, and really, instead of saying, I've got to heal what's broken about me, say, okay, right here, right now, I can move forward. Let me follow those seeds of my desires. And I don't have to be perfect to do it. I am in exactly the right place to achieve what my heart is calling me to be here for, to experience, and to really come into a deep connection of love and reverence for ourselves. I hear you, Holly, and, and so beautifully and eloquently expressed. Thank you. There's a lot I want to unpick there, though, in, in terms like channeling Akashic records. We'll go into <laughs> that in a minute. But before that, I'm always fascinated um, by the origin story, because what you do, um, no disrespect, but it's very unusual. I mean, it's becoming yes. more common. It's not like you wake up and say, I'm going to be a channel. And, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and where did this start? What was the catalyst? I'd love to know what put you on this spiritual journey. I'm, I'm kind of, I guess, the road to Damascus moment is what I'm after here. <laughs> In everybody's life, there's a moment where it suddenly becomes clear this is where they're being called. And I'd love to know what, when that was in your life and how it happened. You know, that's always a really interesting question because I can actually walk back my spiritual journey to when I was around 11 years old. 
which sounds very young, but I grew up in a family that we were, we identified as Christian, but it was completely non-religious. And so at 11, I started seeking, I actually started taking myself to a local church on my own. No one in my family was going with me, but I always had this sort of um, spiritual orientation. I think because of things that happened in my early life, I was actually on a seeking journey, not knowing it consciously, but I was just trying to feel comfortable with life, to be honest. So I was on a lot of my own healing journey for many, many years. I have three adult children. I have grandchildren. I um, So I was a mom at home for many years. I became a school teacher for a little while. But in my 40s, I went on a retreat in Hawaii, and um, it was revealed to me that I wasn't on my life path. And that brought me from all my personal uh, energy work and all all the things I did, flower essences, Bach flower remedies, on and on and on in terms of healing, I went into it professionally. And it started with an energetic healing modality, but it grew from there. But the channeling piece was kind of interesting and funny because I actually didn't seek it out. And I know most people do. They want to channel I work with people. I teach people how to channel now, but nobody taught me. It just came to me. And actually, initially, when it started showing up and I recognized it, I basically said, please go away. You find somebody else to do this. I don't want to bring through messages because I was afraid of it. But eventually, and this really started, I would say, in a in a public way with a main set of guides I have called the High Council of Orion, and they... Um, exist in, a, in an awakened consciousness, and they're here to provide um, guidance at, that is very practical in our worldly sense in terms of ha- of our awakening and in support of that. But it was my very reluctant openness to start channeling them and then following their guidance allowed me to open up and realize this is beautiful. It's changing my life. It's supporting other people and changing theirs. It started very slowly. And again, with 1000% resistance from me. So they kind of had to prove themselves to me because I'm not somebody who believes that you need to scare people. I believe that when you're dealing with these higher dimensional realms that are in the unified field, in that field of infinite possibilities, we feel good, we feel uplifted, we feel positive, energized, optimistic from our interaction with these sources. And that was what was happening for me. So very slowly, I opened up to channel. And after the High Council of Orion, this beautiful being um, named Ishtara, who I've worked with now for many years, she and I originated in the temples of Isis, and we've been working together ever since. And, you know, I've channeled the angelic realm, and my main guides are Melchizedek. And so it just grew, but honestly, honestly, out of a lot of resistance on my part, they had to work hard. But now I fully embrace it. And In fact, like I said, I teach people how to channel, but I even resisted that for many years. People would ask me to teach and I would say, absolutely not, because nobody taught me how we just, I don't know how to do that. Um, But that was actually just my resistance. And eventually the High Council of Orion came in and said, we're going to collaborate with you. So when I teach channeling people how to channel the High Council of Orion has co-created that material with me. So it's just this collaboration with ascended beings that have 
profoundly changed my life and the lives of many, many, many people who have worked with them and me with them that way. That was a long well, story. I'm, 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 all for, I'm all for something that inspires and elevates people, whatever the means. It's, it's just channeling for people who are listening. And this sounds, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I, I understand what you're saying, but for channeling, would people say, is this not simply an overactive imagination? Like, for example, a novelist, they channel their characters to create a, a, a novel or a work of fiction. Mm-hmm. Is this mm-hmm. just not you tapping into aspects of your own personality that sort of take on a life of their own? As I say, I'm just very interested in channeling. And I, I've done a lot of work with Dr. Helen Awabe, who wrote The Science of Channeling, and completely mm-hmm. respect and admire it but there's a part of me also that sometimes thinks are we not just talking about our own inner infinity here that we're connecting with you know actually even though I am a channel out in the world Teresa I I think those same things too I want I'm curious about it now I can tell you that when I'm channeling the angelic realm or if I'm channeling the high council of Orion or Ishara I can energetically feel the difference. I also know that they say things that me as Holly in my human life, I've never thought about them. I've never made these connections. They line things up or slightly, in a sense, shift our perspective by changing a few chess pieces around. And it totally changes our perspective of life and who we are in relationship to it. But, you know, this gets very esoteric and metaphysical, but I will say, you know, we are all souls in this field of oneness. So one could say, and we're very personality driven, right? We're very much like I'm Holly, you're Teresa, and this is Bob, and this is Joe, and we're very (laughs) individuated here in our human experience. But the reality is that ultimately in that soul flow that we are, we are all connected to the divine. So it is sort of this conundrum or paradox is, are we really talking to our the aspects of ourselves that are still connected to the unified field or are they individual um, beings? To me, they feel still individuated, but they're, they're much more spacious and much more connected to the field of infinite possibilities um, and and bring new information. They reframe things for us to understand our life and our journey through a different lens. Fascinating. Slight tangent here, because also on this podcast, I had Dr. Richard Gallagher, who is the world's leading expert in exorcism and demonic possession channeled by demon. Where do you stand on that? Because you are connecting to clearly higher sources angelic, whatever. But surely that also carries with it the possibility of the opposite end of the the spectrum coming through in channeling. Absolutely, it does. Because I mean, I I say to people, when you open up, you open up. (laughs) And, and you open up to all of all of what's available there. And for me, what for me, I just have two things, I would say, there's probably more than that, but two main things is number one, I have complete intention around the energies that I'm willing to play with, if you will. You know, like I don't go out and become friends with everyone, just like all of us, right? There's certain people we resonate with based on 
who we are and what we want to experience in life. And the same is true in the non-physical realm. And when I teach my course, you know, I definitely talk about the fact it's your choice and, but it's also relative. And this is the second part to our soul's vibration. So me and my life, there's a very, very strong theme about personal transformation, living our light, coming into a deeper relationship with ourself and our goodness and our potential and that level of not sort of spiritual bypass positivity, but discovering the light of who we are that's already there. And so I bring through the voices, if you will, or the teachings of those non-physical beings that are resonant with that. Now, if I had a different interest, if I had a different point of view, I would bring through energies that are related to that. So there is a resonance of vibration with the beings that I channel relative to who I am as a soul. Could I open up to those other energies? Absolutely. Do I want to? Not at all. I leave that to the people who that's their vibrational resonance and that's their mission and their passion and their light that they're here to bring into the world. Thank you, because what I love about your answer was that you're stressing we have choice. We are not victims. We always have choice about what we allow in. 100%. And that applies to channeling. Yeah, because channeling is opening yourself. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Carry on. I'm sorry. Um, I... it. It's contiguous as far as I'm concerned throughout all of creation. So just like I have choice about what I do, who I interact with, how I live my life through my human vehicle. And I also have choice in, you know, consistently through every single aspect of my life and my incarnation. And so that means I have choice in that realm too. Now I, I do also encourage people. We want to manage our light. We want to manage our energy and. And part of that is feeling that we have choice, but also stay anchored in our light. I believe us being anchored in our light and really being that projection of our divinity gives us the greatest amount of safety. And I know there's a lot of conversation about protecting ourselves, but our light is us anchored in our light is our best protection as far as I'm concerned. And I work with people on that so that, um, they feel empowered instead of needing to be disempowered and I need protection. So, um, and then again, then it comes into now that I feel like I'm strong in my light, who do I want to play with? I mean, that's how I view it. Like, who do I want to play with? I want to play with the High Council of Ryan. Why? Because they've been good playmates. (laughs) They've been been given, you know, they give wonderful information. And I, I know I've already said this, that, I kind of put it to the test. It's like, okay, I'll listen. I'll apply. I'll see how it matters to me, what I notice changing. So I don't just swallow it all hook, line, and sinker. I see how it vibrates and resonates with me, what what kind of shift it makes in me in a positive way. And it's just like if you ate some food that you never have had before. Do I like it or not? Oh, I love this. I'll have this again. I'll continue interacting with this food. Oh, I tasted it. I don't like it. And I'm not going to choose it again. It's the same in the energetic realms. Thank you. What you're saying is you're not your thoughts. You're not your feelings. You're not your dreams. You're not your actions. You're not your guides. You're not even your angels or your demons. You are your choices. 
I think that's what comes up. You are the sum of your choices and and that puts you firmly in control. Because what concerns me a bit about channeling is it like people are helpless victims of some force and Mm. just trying to listeners to understand always you are the one in control of what happens to you and what you let in so thank you for that can we move on now and also can i make a little can i add something into that Teresa? there there are different types of channeling also because there is trance channeling where i i would and i don't trance channel but i'm going to explain it and that's what a lot of people think channeling is is like i give over my body completely. It's like I vacate it, whether I kind of energetically step aside or literally leave my body and another energy fully comes in and has my body and I don't even know what happened to it. And then I come out of it. There's a lot of people who channel that way. There's also conscious channeling. So when I channel, I as Holly hear everything. I'm fully present. I have, I am in my full faculty while I'm channeling. And that's literally my negotiation with them. I, I negotiated that relationship. And I said, you don't get my body, you don't, you, you get to use my vocal cords. <laughs> but I am still going to be present because this is the body my soul chose. And this is my incarnation, but you can share my vocal cords while I'm channeling. So I feel like I do, I've never given up my own personal divine authority as a channel. And that's also true in the Akashic records. We're conscious, we're aware, we're always in that place of our choice and our free will, because that's also why we came here on this planet. This planet is excellent, it's beautiful. We desire this planet because of our free will. So, I always exercise my free will, even in channeling. Again, thank you for making that important follow-up point. That was really important. Thank you um, for clarifying that. Um, I'm glad you also mentioned in in your your answer just now the Akashic Records, because I do want to delve deeper into that. Now, I've done a lot of research into near-death experiences, afterlife stories, written dozens of books about it. And I did notice that in many of the stories of people sent to me of their afterlife visions, experiences, etc., libraries came up. It seemed, I mean, people often ask what's heaven like or the afterlife, and it seems to be like learning, evolving, and libraries. And I'm, I'm aware of the Akashic records, but it's not something I've studied in depth, as I know you have, and I, I, I completely respect and admire your, your authority in this area. But for people who are new to this term or are aware of it but want to know more, could you please just give us some clarity? What are the Akashic records? Do we all have them? Um, <laughs> how does it work? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, the Akashic records have existed throughout all time. So they may be identified in this current time frame as Akashic records. Um, so, but, you know, millennia ago, they still existed as basically as soon as we started separating from source as souls. So they, they've they always existed. They're not attached to any religious or th- specific thought form. Everyone has an Akashic record. Um, every, and, you know, like, I don't know, 500 years ago in in an incarnation, I still had an Akashic record and I didn't have to have any awareness of the Akashic records because the Akashic record is created by every soul's experience throughout all time, space, dimensions and realities. 
And it's how is it created? It, it gets created by what we do, what we think, and how we feel in any given incarnated moment. And so, I mean, and so there's a famous quote that's always used, it's every thought, word, and deed. So we could have been a farmer in a lifetime and we just are doing our farming thing and growing our family and going through our life. We still created an Akashic record, which is why now in this current moment, I think part of what's happening, especially starting in the 1980s, when we've had this explosion in consciousness and awareness, many of us are saying, what more is out there? What more can I know and understand about myself and in relation to my journey, my human journey, my soul's journey also, which I consider at at the next level as being curious about my soul's journey. So the Akashic Records is this place where we go. Now, I, I view that it as being referenced as a library because that makes sense in our human experience. I know a lot of people who actually, when they go in the records, they literally see a library and a volume come off the shelf and it open up and they can connect with the information. I've been working in the Akashic Records for I don't know, 13 or 14 years. I've, I personally have never seen a library, but that's okay. We get the, we get the imagery that we need. It's, it's, um, it's an access point for us to understand who we are on our journey. Uh, historically, we believe it's a place to research our past lives, maybe go so far as to research our ancestral piece of it. But the, in my mind, the reality is it's a way for us to understand not just what happened and who we were, but the evolution of our consciousness, the evolution of our awareness. So um, we open up into the Akashic records when we're really ready to understand those deeper aspects of ourselves. Now, the Akash itself is it's ether. It's throughout all that is. It's this highly refined energetic field that ha- is the storage for all this information of all that is. So we can go into our soul's history and not just again, get the data, but we can understand ourselves. We can discover our light and the, the energy field of the Akasha is the ideal place to do that because it's outside of 3D. It's in a multidimensional field. And what, and so what it is, is free of some of the harder things about 3D where we have judgment, criticism, negativity, and energies like that. When you, when you open and expand into the Akashic records, you're in a very pure field of unconditional love, kindness, generosity, freedom from judgment. And so when we're in that space, the human compression, if you will, or pressure gets released. And so we have this opportunity to connect with our light, see how we were always doing the best we could, understand patterns that we've experienced and be able to work with them and release them and move more closely in alignment to embodying those beautiful soul qualities that we're all desiring. All of us are desiring love, understanding, a sense of purpose and passion and our unique way to um, transmit that and share that and add that to the collective. And so going in the Akashic Records and working there helps us release the energies that aren't that and align very deeply with those inherent energies that we are. 
I could awesome. talk about this for about 25 years, so <laughs> I'm just going to stop. No, I'm, I'm asking you to sum up something so expansive and infinite. Um, I, 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 I complete respect to you that you managed to do it really succinctly. Thank you. And you are an international Akashic Records instructor. Would it be? I know you say this is material sums. It's kind of the book of your soul, isn't it? The book of you, you know, to use mm. that library, library metaphor where you can get deep, wisdom healing and support when you connect to it and that's what you teach your clients individuals or businesses or companies you teach them how to connect with their own akashic record to help them evolve and understand the meaning and yeah. purpose of their lives that's what you do now all over the world which is incredible and that's actually how we connected wasn't it because i i found out about you i think last year when i got contacted i don't know how it happened for you by dynavision in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and at first of all, I thought, this is a scam. What is this? I didn't understand what they wanted. And then I could see how visionary they were. They were bringing together um, you and me, and, and I think it was Rebecca Campbell and other people to, to teach yes. a course, wasn't it? I was the dreams and you were Akashic Records. And, and, and uh, how was the experience for you? <laughs> Well, I've been working with Dynavision for a number of years. I, I'm right now off the top of my head. I'm not remembering, and they're just a lovely company to work with. And I work with another promotional company in Japan as well. And it's it, it was an honor to be invited. And like you, not through Dynavision, but the other company. When I first received emails, I was suspicious of it too. But there's a lot of desire for. Um, what the types of things that we offer in Japan and Dynavision and especially Keiko-san who runs Dynavision. She's just absolutely one of the brightest lights on the planet and a visionary. And it's an honor to be aligned with her and her work. And so, yeah, that's, that's how we came into each other's sphere earlier this year or last year, whenever that was. I just felt so incredibly blessed because these beautiful, um, the team was so beautiful, weren't they? I did struggle because obviously we had to do the translation. I wish I could, do you speak Japanese? Oh no, I no, I'm I do the translation too. No, I don't speak Japanese at all. Yeah, that that was difficult, wasn't it? Because it was like having to say a sentence and then to wait and not knowing really how it's being translated. That was the only thing I found a bit difficult. And I felt for the participants that it, it was a quite kind of that but once I got over that stumbling block, I found it a most remarkable experience and I felt truly blessed to be doing this. Yes. Um it felt really global didn't it and I I wish I'd had the opportunity to get with you because I think we were kind of doing separate things weren't we at the same time is your course still available on on Dynavision can people still check I believe I believe it is yes I believe it is and and in that course I actually um, talk about the Akashic Records and I actually talk about a new body of my work, which are galactic Akashic records, which isn't very commonly talked about, but through my work in the Akashic records, what came came through was, you know, we really are focused on our earth-based Akashic records generally. And listen, there's plenty of um, detail. There's plenty of information there, but we also have had galactic lifetimes and we have learned, we have grown, we've developed a lot of 
what we are passionately here for right now in other dimensions and other realities. And so what started coming through is us, especially those who identify as star seeds, who want to really understand their why and they feel out of place on the planet. That course, which is part of what I was teaching with Dynavision, was help. It's helping people understand who they are in that bigger galactic sense. And it helps you understand more of why you're here on the planet at this time and helps people feel more comfortable and confident in embodying and, and sharing their light and their passion. I love the galactic. It sounds very Marvel superhero. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So for people who are interested in following you, checking you out, um, reading your literature, following your courses, working with you, or simply just just finding out who Holly Hawkins is and, and learning from you, what's the best portal, the best way to connect to you? Well, thank you. Um, my website is hollyhawkins.love. H-O-L-L-Y-H-A-W-K-I-N-S dot love, L-O-V-E. Oh, thank you from my heart. And I do urge you to check Holly out. You certainly won't regret it. She's quite remarkable and a true authentic inspiration. Um, And just before we go, so when people do check you out, which I hope they do, they have some visual images in mind. I love to do this with my guests because this is an audio only podcast because people love it that way because they can go for a run or have it on in the background whilst they're doing other things. The thing is a video podcast is you have to sit and watch and it I found that the mm. audio seems to just really work for, for, for the downloads and that's what I want. I want to spread the word about the transformative power of spiritual awakening. Um so here are three questions that so that people can have these images in mind when they are um seeking you out. First of all, if you could be a musical instrument, what would it be and why? Um the first thing that comes to mind is a recorder. And that's because I played it as a child and I absolutely still love it to this day. And it just touches my heart anytime I hear that kind of music or take out my recorder and play. Beautiful. So we've got the recorder. If you could be an animal or an insect or a fish or a reptile, what would it be and why? Wow. Um, I'm just going to go with whatever's coming first. I'm going to say at this moment, a butterfly. And that's only because at this moment in time, I've been through in the last year, a huge metamorphosis in my life. And so like, I, I feel like I'm opening up and flying free at a new level and a new octave, if you will, in my life. I feel like I'm just embarking on the legacy part of my journey in this lifetime. Beautiful. So we've got butterfly, recorder, mm-hmm. and final question. If you can re- reference my beloved Lord of the Rings, because this is White Shored, that would be great. But if you could be a fictional character, or if you prefer a mythical creature, what would it be, or who would it be, and why? Um, again, this is current moment energy, a phoenix. A phoenix, a definitely. Phoenix. Yes. Wow. <laughs> it's just to help. These things help. So you're resonating to the energy of a phoenix right now. 
I'm sure yes, you've I played am. a recorder. Almost everybody has. And the butterfly, such such stunning, inspiring, transformative images for people to have when they seek you out. This will pull you to energetically towards Holly, I hope, these images. Holly Hawkins, thank you from my heart and soul for your precious time today. Well, thank you so much, Teresa. It's a, a blessing and a pleasure, and I wish the best for everyone in your audience and sending blessings to everyone. If that interview intrigued and inspired you, I'm trusting you will connect with Holly. All details about her and her mission can be found in the show notes. And I'm also trusting you will stay a while now and listen to my next interview, which is with Kaiko Anaguchi, the inspirational founder of Dynavision. English is not Kaiko's first language, but like me, I know it will not be just her words that you hear during this interview. You will hear her compassion, her passion, her humility, her loving heart, and her empowering spirituality first. Do hope after listening to her, you will connect with her too and find out more. Again, all details about Kaiko can be found in the show notes. In Japan, Kaiko is a very well-known spiritual teacher and best-selling author and influencer. She channels the divine message of the sun, who is the bringer of light from heaven, and she leads international spiritual tours to sacred sites all over the world. In essence, she is a spiritual powerhouse, and I could not feel more honoured and blessed than to introduce her to listeners of White Shores. Time to roll the tape now. And as you listen and open your mind and heart to Keiko and the wonders of her country, please continue to send your love and prayers to Japan and to all areas of the world that are suffering. Keiko Anaguchi is my stunning guest today. And as you've guessed from her name, she's from Japan. I had the honor to work with her company. Dynavision this last year and the previous year. And I, I just was introduced to her work and fell in love with it. And I'm sure you're going to fall in love with her vision too and her as you hear her talking. So the best person to explain Keiko to you is Keiko herself. So I'm going to bring her in. Hello, Keiko. Hi, Teresa. It's so nice to uh, be invited to your podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, White Shores listeners and myself are very grateful indeed. And I sincere apologies that I can't speak your beautiful language. But you, of course, can very eloquently speak in mine. So I'm very humbled by that. Thank you. Thank you. And I try my best to explain and express myself in English. And if you have any uh, uh, problem understanding my pronunciation, please ask me to repeat it again, and I would uh, do the, my best. Oh, thank you. And I said, I wish I could speak to you in your language. I truly do. I'm, I'm terrible. I just speak English. Uh, very lazy. Um, anyway, you are a healer, a teacher, mm -hmm. and an author, as well as the founder and owner of Dynavision. Your YouTube channel is called Happy Keiko. Yes. I want to know more about you. Mm -hmm. How did this all start? What's your story? 
please just tell us about yourself and how you became a healer, teacher and author and founder of DynaVision. Thank you. Um, I was born in a family with a strong belief in Buddhist and Shinto. My grandma brought me up uh, instead of my mother. My mother was a working mother, really successful business woman. While she's working so hard, I was so fortunate enough to be raised by my grandma, who is highly spiritual, who can listen to words of spirit. So every day, my grandma taught me how to connect to my own self and the higher beings of light. So that's how I started the spiritual path with my grandma. Then I grew up as a really cheerful a kid who loved grandma and who loved God within and God around me. So she taught me, uh, whoever you meet, there is God within and then there are gods around the person. So I really naturally connected to somewhere, a uh, realm of spirit, naturally. So I always believed in uh, the person's future and then, the person's future is guided by the God within and God around. So that's how I started it. However, um, I was also highly intuitive enough to really know uh, receiving guidance about uh, what to do next and uh, what what would be the best for me and best for others. So uh, my uh, interest in uh, teaching started with teaching English to kids when I was 19, when I was learning English intensively to go overseas to study abroad. So that brought me the spirit into how human being has so much potential. So I got interested in developing human potential, uh, knowing the person has infinite potential in their life. So I, I started to really learn about psychology in the beginning, how people get into who they are and then what uh, background they have to really understand themselves and understand uh, what, else is, uh, their, what else is available in their lives. So I learned psychology and then also I went overseas. I, I studied in the United States. First, I went to University of Hawaii and then transferred to University of Oregon, where I also meet uh, my host family, who is highly spiritual, who speaks in her own tongue. And I didn't know what it means in the beginning, but she, uh, she bring me, uh, Word of spirit, who is now I understand she is she was a channeler of the spirit. So I got into the more of the world of spirituality. Uh, who is around me and who taught me how to connect to spirit and uh, really deliver the words of spirit. So I I just studied hard to be able to speak English and to be. And to be able to understand the uh, uh, world of spirit. So uh, naturally, I start meeting so many people who are so spiritual, who has so much love 
to the world. And then I gradually understand why I was born on this planet. And then I learned through many people who I met who can speak spiritual world that I learned I came to this planet to raise vibration of people and of the planet through unconditional love within and the people around me. So I naturally learn, uh, start meeting so many people through synchronicity. I met spiritual teachers in the U.S. and I found that there is a one teaching so-called Dolphin Star Temple Mystery School uh, founded by Amora Coin uh, in Mount Shasta, California. So I decided to take the intensive training through her teaching. And I realized the there is a civilization, ancient civilization called Lemuria. And then when I first learned about Lemuria, this is it. I felt like, you know, people living in the peace, people are loving each other unconditionally, people are able to uh, communicate through telepathy, and then everything was based on unconditional love. So I realized this is what I should do, or I realized I want to bring that teaching to Japan. So 23 years ago, I brought the teaching of Dolphin Star Temple Mystery School to Japan. That's how I started spiritual path and then bringing uh, people's high, high potential of uh, who they are and learning there is always infinite potential within themselves. And I'm really happy and excited about uh, uh, delivering teaching of the Dolphin Star Temple and also uh, through that teaching, people find their potential of living on this planet. And then really I enjoy teaching spirituality through the mystery school. Wow, I'm drinking all this in. It's it's music for my heart and soul. Thank you. And if you haven't watched Keiko's YouTube channel, I urge you to go and check it out. She'll give details at the end of this interview. The joy this beautiful lady brings when you watch it, even if you don't understand what she's saying because you can't speak Japanese, just go and watch and you'll see see what I mean. Thank you, Keiko. I don't know about the Dolphin Star teaching. Would you mind telling me a bit more yeah. about that? Because I'm new to that. and I mean, I've, I'm very well um, studied in this area, but I haven't actually been introduced to that. So I'd love it if you could tell me what... Yes. It involved. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy to share with you and uh, your audience. A Dolphin Star Temple was founded in ancient time, and uh, that was kept a uh, secret for a long time by the author of the uh, book, which is available in English, uh, Pleiadian Lightwork book. Uh, she, through her own... Uh, Uh, 
therapy, she remembered all about the ancient civilization, and she was a priest priestess to、uh, teach the teaching. That this teaching is all about、uh, bringing your higher self to into your body to ascend. So this、uh, mystery school was founded this time of the year to help people、uh, emerge into higher self within your body. Embodiment of higher self will help you to ascend with full body ascension, not really leaving the body. So this school teaches how to bringing higher self into your physical body and raising vibration of your physical body and fully, you know, high sensory to really understand. Why you are here for, and what you could do in your life. So I I love this teaching because、uh, you are not leaving the body. This is because this is a. I think we are really gifted on this planet that we have body, physical body to really express your spirit while you are fully alive. Not only fully alive, but just you know. Process of ascension, awakening into the different dimensions.、Uh, we are now, you know,、uh, entering into the fifth dimensional living, new earth. So、uh, this teaching helps、uh, all people who are interested in ascension process and then living on the new earth. There are so many versions of Earth available that it, I think this teaching is helping、uh, you to really experience the heaven on Earth. So, the briefly I explain it. So, it's all about your connecting with your higher self, embodying your higher self into your physical body. I hear you. It, it's spiritual awakening, isn't、yeah. it? Growth. And evolution presented,、um, from what I gather from your description, in a really compelling way. What was the reaction like when you brought this spiritual message that we are spiritual beings having a human experience to Japan? I mean, I have never visited Japan.、Mm. Um, I would like to know spirituality there. Yes, where where is Japan with spirituality?、Uh, I, I mean, I always think of it as a very spiritual. Country yes, is it? Yes, you're right, Sirsa. Because、uh, Japanese people are、uh, born、uh, to be、uh, like a Shinto, who is a way of God, like a teaching of way of God. Then we also,、uh, in a daily practice, how to、uh, really deliver ancestor the、um, gratitude. And then connecting with the spiritual realm, it's it's a it's almost like a it, the spirituality is embodied in the daily life. So I think Japanese are very spiritual, yet Japanese are very、um, diligent in terms of following rules, and then also following teaching of parents. So it, so so in during that.、Uh, Grow, grow, growing up, you kind of forget who you are as a spirit. More like you know, 
a lot of people in Japan tend to uh, follow the path of what is the right way. But so I think bringing uh, spirituality from overseas helped Japanese to reawaken the spirituality within and understanding unique uh, essence you have to to really express. So like we learn how to like express in a moderate way, agreeable way, so we will be kind of comfortable in relationship. We maintain harmonious relationship, but it doesn't mean expressing individual uniqueness. So this spirituality, like you bring, you help us to uh, remember who we are learning uh, to through you that helps uniqueness or essence. So like I think uh, Japanese is in essence spiritual. However, we kind of tend to forget that deep within there is a unique part of you who is spiritual and be able to express. So like it's really um, spirituality in Japan. Now people are more awakening into individual essence to be able to express to the world. Perfect. Thank you. Um, I mean, I've actually, I'm looking at my bookcase at the moment, my book on Wabi Sabi. Wabi Sabi, yes. <laughs> I'm just looking at that and then you talk about synchronicity and I just happened to look and that's the first book I saw. Would you mind explaining that concept? Because that's over here, you know, there are books about that here. Yeah, Wabi Sabi is uh, uh, the way of being. And uh, there is no word, but there is a uh, uh, energy within and around us that synchronize being there at that moment. Therefore, we do not particularly uh, place importance in words, rather just uh, energy around us being here at this moment, even through this uh, podcast with you. There is a word, but there is a, a just energy between us and among the audience. Then you really have a feeling of being together and the appreciation of gathering of energy which is also spirit. So Wabi Sabi is really, we were able to have that word Wabi Sabi. However, it's more than word that we are really connecting. <laughs> so I wonder if we, I was able to deliver this meaning uh, clearly. I, I, I can feel it. Yes. And I know my listeners, you know, they're spiritualists. Yeah. I know they will feel it as well. Spirit, of course, requires no language. It is a feeling in a sense, and I, I trust that process. But, of course, you and I were connected over um, the company you founded, yes. um, um, DynaVision. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so honoured, um, surprised, um, but thrilled to to take part in some of your online events. Um, uh, really, I mean, if you want to check those out, Please do if you're listening. Um, there is a translator there as well. 
Um, please, could you tell me about the inspiration for Dyna Vision? Yes. What is its mission? Thank you. Dyna Vision was uh, founded 28 years ago by me. However, the spirit came through me. And that time, that was a 20th century. Before being becoming a 21st century, spirit told me that there will be a lot of shift happening uh, at the age 21st century where people may get lost and people, people may have a, such a chaotic uh, experience so that there will be a light that、uh, people need to really feel within. And so that DynaVision was created by a vision that I received from spirits that we as a DynaVision, there is always infinite potential. In you and also in this planet. No matter what the world may look in front of you, there is always hope and there you can really bring in some potential and hope during the turbulence era. So, DynaVision was founded, and then, first, first, first of all,、uh, I trusted the spirit to guide us. Guide me to bringing people to DynaVision. And、uh, there is a lot of synchronicity that meeting people from overseas, like you are helping DynaVision in Japan to help people to see themselves through different、uh, windows of spirituality. So DynaVision is、uh, helping the audience, people to really. Know who you are within you. There is a beautiful seas of light, so called infinite potential, so that there is a, always point in time you access to that infinite potential by yourself through several different teachings. That's why you, you, you came to us to help us to really see our essence. Yeah. Thank you. So, DynaVision,、um, am I correct in understanding it、mm-hmm. offers online events, courses,、yes. meetings, literature、mm-hmm. for people interested in J- people from Japan interested in their, their spiritual growth? Yes. Wow.、Exactly. Wow. 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 <laughs> It's mind blowing because I believe you found out about me because of my rune pack. Is、yes. out there, isn't it? I have a, a pack of rune cards, and I'd love more of my books to come out in Japanese. But on the subject of books, you are an author yourself as well. Would you mind telling us about your books?、Yes. I, I have a book in English、uh, called Love Portal, which is available through Amazon.com. I wrote about、uh, how you can meet higher self and also. There are several、uh, portals of energy in Mount Shasta where you can visit.、Uh, then you can really connect to、uh, unconditional love around that、uh, power site in Mount Shasta.、Uh, I happen to really also、uh, go to different、uh, power sites. One, one, one of the places I love is Glastonbury. 
I brought wow. yes, I brought Japanese people to Glastonbury to help to connect to the energy there, and then uh, feel their not only their own spirit but spirit around that power side. So I have read uh, this year's books. I have two books released. One is a message from power side, and then one is like a how to really uh, live your life at the age of after 50, because we are now living the era of uh, living one century, right? So 50 is like half the way to until you leave the body. So I, I wrote the book about it. And unfortunately, now it is only in Japanese, but really I'm hoping this, especially uh, the message from uh, power site would be delivered in English. Yeah. I, I hope for that too. And um, you, you said love portal and love I always portal, yeah. interviewing, um, I'm always thinking of something that the, the guest says that will be the title of the episode. So thank you. <laughs> love <laughs> portal. I love, I love that. Forgive, yeah. forgive the pun. Wow, these books sound amazing. And portals, of course, are places where there's um, a concentration of spiritual energy exactly. for whatever reason. Yeah, usually sacred sites, isn't it? Yes. And you mentioned a sacred site in Japan. Can you mention the name of that again? The uh, the name of the... Uh... A sacred site. Yes. You said a portal. Yes. W- which one? You mentioned Glastonbury here in the Glastonbury UK. Glastonbury in UK. In Japan, of course, one of the famous sacred sites is uh, Mount Fuji. And then yeah. around Mount Fuji, there are beautiful shrines, uh, so-called uh, Sengen Shrine, then where there is a goddess whose name is Konohana Sakuyahime. She is a goddess of the wind and then goddess of creativities. So... Uh, I just want to, you know, uh, bring through the message from Japan uh, that this goddess said through this po- uh, uh, podcast that uh, thank you so much for getting interested in Japanese sacred site. And I am so happy that you and Japan is now connected through me whose name is Konohana Sakuyahime, please remember my energy as a goddess of window, wind. And also, I am going to help you with your creativity to bring up to your life. You are so creative being of light. You are definitely bringing potential of the your essence, your essence is so much uh, of light. So choose light over heavy energy, no matter where you are, especially where you feel down. Remember Mount Fuji and Konohana Sakuyahime. Mount Fuji is also the energy that helps you through your third chakra to definitely trust in your life. Whatever you are now into doing something uh, creative or not doing something creative, always you have power within that you are bringing 
、through your life and your body. So, Kono Hana Sakuya Hime and Mount Fuji energy, and then also there is a, a city of light in Mount Fuji where there is ascended masters gathering together and then helping humanities to have so much energy. And within the third chakra, you have so much sacred power that you can express. That's what Mount Fuji and Kono Hana Sakuya Hime is expressing. Through me. <laughs> well, thank, thank you for reminding、um, both myself and listeners of White Shores of the power that's within us. Thank you for reminding us also that we are our choices and what, that we can choose, always choose the positive and the uplifting. And、um, you are a natural teacher, I can hear by the way you speak. I, I, I assume you offer courses yourself through DynaVision. Yes, I do. I do teach.、Uh, How to be full sensory. That means you, you, every one of us has a sense to receive guidance and also bringing higher self and living the life that you choose from your bottom, your bottom of your heart. So I love teaching and I love also、uh, doing、uh, channeling work. And I'm really hoping to go to mind, body, spirit. Uh, event in England, there are several different places where they have that kind of event so that I can really meet、uh, you in person, meet your audience in person. Yeah. I would love that.、Um, and I hope that you could then go back to Japan and have a mind body spirit event like that in Japan. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. If you could start that, that would be amazing. But of course, you are right now because we live in an online world now, which、yeah. has its positives、mm-hmm. um, in that it enables us to you to do a lot online with people. And recently, myself, Holly Hawkins, and Rebecca Campbell were working on something with you.、Yeah. Um, very, very grateful for that. But I, well, you are right, it would be wonderful to have an in person. Mind, body, and spirit festival in Japan. Yeah. Kate, your mission yeah, do that. If you to accept it. <laughs> oh, how can people find out about you? What's the best website? Okay. YouTube address,、so, social media. Yes, that will be.、Uh, so you could really um uh type my uh, name K E I K O A N A. guchi.com. That will be in English, and then you can send me、uh, some email to see if you want to know more about what we do. And,、uh, and those who want to come to Japan to visit Sacred Site,、uh, our company also helps people to、uh, come to Japan and then also travel not just by You know, tourism, just go to the sacred site to meditate and also receive some teaching too. Sounds absolutely glorious. And if you're listening and you're intrigued and you've always loved all things Japan, as I have, do seek out Kaiko. I will put her name and her website address in the show notes. Do check her out and don't be daunted by the language thing because that I struggled. With that at first, thinking, oh, they won't understand me. Kaiko, as you can hear, can understand English very well and other languages, I'm sure, too. And they also have translators. Do message her 
do ask questions. If anything in this interview has really spoken to you, please do ask her questions. She would absolutely love to hear from you. And Kaiko, as we just end this interview, I'm just going to ask you a few questions I ask all my guests because we can only hear your voice and you can get a lot of feeling from someone's voice. But let's give people some images that when they seek you out, they've got something to visualize. If you could be an animal, what would it be and why? I am a dolphin. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Because I love being in a group as as well as I love to be independent. And then dolphin can really deliver unconditional love just being who they are. So I just being who I am is just a, a energy of unconditional love. And also they're always smiling. They always look like they're smiling, don't they? Playful and intelligent too, aren't they? What beautiful, beautiful creature. <laughs> um, second question, if you could be a musical instrument, what would it be and why? I am a Celtic harp. Uh, oh. Yes, and just uh, uh, playing this Celtic uh, harp, like, you know, energy of heart is always a, uh, available and then feel the energy from the heart oh beautiful and then finally is there a movie or a book that you found you know apart from your own of course but that you found Mm life-changing that you would recommend to readers because it kind of resonates with your message it can be a movie a book a documentary anything okay um uh, the movie uh, Avatar, and then the f- now there is a, a second Avatar. Especially the first Avatar, I really connect with uh, the tree called Ewa. Ewa is all that is. We all connected through spirit. So that's the part of my. Uh, belief and also we are always connected even the past present future and our ancestor and the multi-dimensional beings we are all one so that they just remember if you have seen avatar the tree of Ava is all that is and they're all included it's a life itself and it's a light so i love avatar yeah. Thank you for shining a light on that movie. It is, I think, the highest grossing, one of the highest grossing movies of all time, isn't it? It's, yeah. it and uh, we think we live in a material world and everybody's striving for material things, but that movie and the follow-up, The Way of Water, are so spiritual, yeah. showing that people actually are drawn to this without realising they're going for the spiritual message. There's a reason why Avatar is not just the special effects. There's an underlying spiritual message, isn't it? Exactly, yes. And that, that's like a magnet, mm-hmm. um, as, as is all the work you do, Keiko. Thank you so much from my heart and soul for your precious time today. Thank you for inviting me to beautiful podcast, Teresa. Thank you. Thank you from my heart and soul for being here and walking beside me in spirit on white shores. Sensitive, kind, compassionate souls like you who see beyond the material are needed more than ever today to help this earth heal and evolve. 
If you have any questions, stories or insights to share, I absolutely love hearing from you and aim to reply to everyone in due course. My website is www.theresachung.com. My contact email is angeltalk710 at aol.com. And you can message me via my Instagram handle, the Teresa Chung, as well as my Facebook and Twitter author pages. Until we meet again on these white shores, keep being amazing spiritual you, sending my eternal love and gratitude.